Welcome to The Savvy Founder, the one place for entrepreneurs and business owners, away from the everyday bustle, where we help you find your path to a profitable and bright future. Now here's your host, The Savvy Founder and armchair sociologist himself, Philip Topham. Hello and welcome. I'm Philip Topham, The Savvy Founder. And today I'm really pleased to have Talal Gondal here. And you have heard me talk about networking and how important it is. And that's what Talal does. So Talal, welcome. How are you doing? Thank you, brother. Really excited to be here. I'm well, thank you. Yeah, very much. In our, in our even our pre-discussion, we we had a you know the I shared with you that many of the founders they they get to a point in their business where um, they need to network, right? And uh, we were having some conversation and, and that's how we got connected because we were networking, right? So <laughs> absolutely. Right. And one of the things that I've always said is the way they do networking, they show up to a meeting and they say, hey, how, how are you doing? Let me hear your pitch. Oh, I'm looking for money, right? <laughs> And I'm, I'm a firm believer that you, you, you don't look for money when you need money. You look for money before you need money. And we can have a big conversation that. But to help the audience out, you know, help me help them understand who are you? you know, how did you get into this world of networking? And, and I know you, we'll talk about your book in a little bit, but give us a little bit of background of you. Of course. So traditionally, um, what happens is that you um, you you kind of uh, start something and and you stick to it over a period of time and you start to you know get some traction um, and uh, for me this this kind of didn't work out that way when in into the world of networking um, I didn't start off networking and then gain traction and then you know I was I found success in it uh, I kind of stumbled into it and the way it happened was the fact that I am actually trained as an educator you know my, my background is as a maths teacher and um, you know about uh, I think about five years ago or six years ago I um, you know got up on a nice June morning nice and sunny, very bright, really excited to go to work, got ready, got to work, and I got called into the manager's office and um, just got told that they're shutting down the whole center and uh, everybody's made redundant, including myself. So just lost my job. And at that sort of moment, you know, your brain kind of freezes. You're just like, where do I go from here? Like, I was not expecting this. It's completely out of the blue. What do I do? Your kind of brain goes into kind of like a, you know, uh, freeze mode you know there's fight flight and there's the third one which is freeze so you know that's where my brain went I just kind of froze up and um, you know I, I, I kind of reached out to everybody I knew and my friends and other people and said hey just heard this news and you know I, I don't know what to do and I'm looking for new opportunities what should I get into etc and um, you know everybody responded with the same sort of advice apply for more jobs <laughs> and whilst that's good sound advice you know I am at that time, I was looking for something more. I, I wanted a path. I wanted, you know, some, somebody to tell me, look, this is what you need to do in this situation. When you lose your job, you have a family to provide for. What do you do? You know, here's the path. Here's the formula. Here's the thing. And nobody gave me that. Just give me stay inside. Like, oh, you know, apply for jobs. It'll all work out. 
which I did. Obviously, you know, that's a sensible piece of advice. I can't ignore it. Um, but I realized that the people that I'm hanging around, the people I have in my life, they don't have the answers I'm seeking. They don't have access to the opportunities that I'm looking for. You know, I, th th that's the perfect time for me to go and try something else or, you know, go into a different career path. It just did not come. Everybody's just telling me the same advice. So maybe I should try hanging on different people. And that was the first time I started to reach out to, you know, other people I didn't know, strangers, and started to kind of, you know, get to know them and make some friends and, you know, reach out of my, my what I call my sphere of influence. And... Um, it led me to then start my YouTube show where I started interviewing people because I thought that would be pretty cool. Like I'm connecting with all these amazing people. It'd be great to share their stories. You know, what I'm learning from them, what they're sharing with me, I'll just share it with other people. So I started my YouTube show, kind of like how you have this podcast, Philip, where you're sharing, you know, stories of people um, on, uh, on the podcast and also getting them to add some value. Yeah. And um I'm going to interrupt you just a second because I, I want a little more about it. But, but for catch the audience up on a couple of things. First off, Talal, where are you located in the world? I'm located in the UK. Exactly. So now you know why he has a funny accent and why he said redundant and not laid off. Uh, we have <laughs> people all over. But you said something and I really want to bring the attention of the audience and said you started networking because you were hanging around with people that didn't have the answers, mm. right? That's really a very insightful and, and priceless learning. Uh, the startups uh, founders often are the expert of marketing or finance or programming, machine learning, whatever it is. And they hang around with those kinds of people. So they're gonna get those kinds of answers. So if they want different answers, I think that's really important for them to understand. So I, I really appreciate you sharing with that. So uh, with that, let's carry on <laughs> with the YouTube. So you started the YouTube uh, show. Yes. Um, and thank you for highlighting that, Philip. I think that is a very important point. And maybe we can talk about it a little bit further. Um, but uh, yeah, I started the YouTube show. I started interviewing people. And, um, you know, whilst I didn't become an overnight YouTube superstar, um, what did happen was that I connected with some amazing people. I, you know, built up relationship with these guys. And, and some of these were just, you know, ultra, ultra successful people, like unreachables of the world. Nobody had access to them. And here I am, you know, jumping on a call. I had access to their private calendars. You know, we were sending each other presents and uh, they were giving me advice for free, which is crazy because otherwise you'll have to pay them thousands to, you know, get like, you know, a, a few minutes off their time. It's crazy. Um, and uh, I was getting advice on them for free and, and, you know, they were guiding me along. They were introducing me to new people. So you should connect with this person, this will be really useful for you, etc. And um, so that carried on for a bit. But when COVID hit, I was just like, well, you know, what, 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 what can I do with this? You know, um, and that was like the light bulb moment for me. It's like, hey, I should write a book. I should write a book to share all of this with people on something that I have discovered, not coming from a corporate background, not coming from, from an entrepreneurial background or business background or a startup background. You know, this is me as a maths teacher learning this on my journey of just trying to find answers, just trying to find new answers. So, you know, in, 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 a, in a very, very, very short summarized way, that is the backstory. And now I have a book that's coming out, uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, actually, it's called Turbocharged Networking. And it's all about 
what I learned on my journey on how to build relationships and access opportunities, because that's what it led to. When I built relationships with those people, led me to accessing some really amazing opportunities. Yeah. And, and that's why I wanted you on the show, right? You, you embody a person who didn't have a lot of networking connections at one point or you knew all the teachers, <laughs> you yeah. knew your, you knew them, right? And the person who's building that scalable startup, they have to learn how to do that and develop. And it's one of the things I say is the, is the most free thing, just like you highlighted, the, people will talk to you for free mm. if you show up in an authentic way. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to highlight you, you sort of, you know, even though you're not the high tech scalable startup founder, I wanted to join the show because you highlight you're faced with this COVID problem. You don't sit back and go, what do I do? You did something, mm. you learned from it, and then you ended up sharing with a bunch of people. And so that's, that's really some of those messages I want people to understand. They can do a lot of things for free. So let's, let's dive right in to the, the sort of dissect this little bit of the the entrepreneur you know how do how do they get started you know we have let's let's imagine the person who is um the technical founder and they're going to meetings they're a little bit technical in the way they talk to things they haven't experienced marketing or direct consumers how do they develop the skills to be a networker you're a mathematics person you know math so maybe you relate to that Absolutely. And um, I think that people have this idea that you are either a people person or you're not. You're either an extrovert or you're not. You're either a good at, good at building relationships with people or you're not. And I think that's not true. I think what people need to realize is that you need to start to play to your strengths. If you are somebody who is very analytical, somebody who is very logical and rational and left-brained, um, you know, maybe very technical, that's great. You can use all those skills, but instead of working on, you know, business and marketing and, you know, whatever else, else you're working on technology, you know, startup in this case, you can apply to people. And I think that is the missing link for most people. They don't need to change. You don't need to become somebody new. If you're an introvert, stay an introvert. That's great. You know, you don't need to become an extrovert to find success in networking and build relationships with people. It's just, you just apply those same skills to a different medium. And that's just building relationships with people. So in my case, you know, I didn't know anything about networking. I don't come from a business background, never had to network. You know, I just knew students and teachers. And, you know, that, like you said, that was, that was my network, essentially, before this. And so the, there are a few things that I think will really help people. And the first one is, you know, I, I just highlighted, it's like, you don't need to change. You just need to apply your strengths to a different medium. And in this case, it's just, you know, um, it, it's learning about other people, building relationships. But the big one I want to talk about is curiosity. You have to be interested in other people. You have to come from a place where you really want to know, you know, what makes them tick? Why are they excited about this? You know, why do they want, want to work on this thing? Why is it special to them? How does it make them feel? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why we're having this conversation, right? I, I'm interested to know about networking. I'm interested to share everything about networking with, with the audience and you have a lot to share. It, and it's, it also reminds me, one of the, one of the things I do say to, to very technical founders is, is I, I like your point about 
whether you're the people person or not a people person, there's this weird, I agree, there's a myth around that, that you're born that way. And I, I just say that it's not true. I often tell the technical person, I give you permission to use your real smart analytical brain to think and analyze people. And then suddenly go, oh, I guess I can do that. Nothing says I have to just study computer programming or mechanical engineering. I can study people and, yeah. it, and be interested. And it, it, it changes the perspective. So I really appreciate that. So let's, with that, let's uh, continue on. And let's, yeah. Sure. Um, I, I think um, the other thing is, you know, we, we talked about, first of all, you don't need to change. We talk about the second thing, which is be curious, be interested in the other, other people, you know, what makes them tick, um, et cetera. And um, the other element to that is also the fact that, you know, you have to be genuine and authentic. You can't, you know, fake it. That's another kind of myth, you know, fake it until you make it. And, and that just doesn't work because when it comes to uh, intentionality, um, we can tell when somebody's being fake a mile off. And in my book, there's, there's actually a research study that I quote from, uh, mm -hmm. I believe it's the uh, University of New South, uh, South Wales. And uh, what they found was that we um, as human beings have a very highly evolved sense of intuition. And through exposure and experience, it only gets better. And so we are very good at spotting when somebody's being fake, when somebody's not being genuine. You know, if somebody's right. just putting it on, just like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, tell me about yourself. I, you know, that, that's interesting. You know, what, what are you up to these days? And, and so we can tell like, this yeah, guy. It, yeah, it, yeah, it, that's, it. that's really interesting because, you know, like I'm still... I'm still like in my brain, I'm still, you know, kind of trying to figure out, you know, how a mathematics becomes a, you know, a, a world-class author on networking, right? That, it's not a common journey, right? It, so other than the, the desire to figure out what this advice was and you went on this journey, at, at what point did you realize it was the right journey? like it was the right thing to do? Mm. I think when you start any journey, you can, you, know, you, you talk about visualization, you talk about having a destination in mind so you can embark on the right journey, et cetera. But the one thing you can never predict is what the journey will actually look like. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I started this journey, it was not something, you know, like you say, I, I, I had, I was sure of like, this is the right way to do it. This is what will lead me to be a, a, a best-selling author. And, you know, I will have loads of amazing people in my network and I'll be helping people, you know, build amazing relationships. Um, it didn't start off that way. It's, you know, the fact that I started and I actually failed at the start. I failed a lot. You know, I'd send like 50 messages a day and nobody would respond back to me. And that was like, okay, all right. Well, that's, that's kind of hurtful. <laughs> you know, I took a lot of time <laughs> sending messages to 50 people and nobody responded, but you know, what can I do to improve it? You know, next time, what, what can I change? And I started to research about like, you know, more about what makes people tick. I actually started to read a little bit more about networking and started listening to, you know, some, some material on what is it that people do, other people are doing right. Cause I could see other people making progress. Other people, you know, were making connections right. and, and you know, they were making progress in their business and in their life. And they were you know, making new connections everywhere. And so like, well, 
what am I missing? Let's start to put these pieces together. You know, it's okay that I'm failing today, but let's just make sure that I fail a little bit less tomorrow. And then let's yeah. just make sure that I fail a little bit less the day after that. Let's, let's just start to piece this together. And so, you know, a lot of trial and error mm. for me at the start. Um, and I didn't know this was the right journey for me at that time. But as mm. I started to put more investment, I started to put more effort into it over a period of time, I started to find success. I started to get results. For example, I started connecting with people like Dory Clark, you know, who is the my marketing strategy consultant for Google, Microsoft, the World Bank. Um, you know, she's a multiple times best-selling author. Um, she's, you know, a business professor. Like she's world-class, top 50 business thinkers in the world, number one communication coach in the world. Like she is like absolute ultra high level person, like super achiever, as I call them in my book. She's a super achiever. And I started connecting with her and, you know, we, we, we started talking on calls like this and, you know, she, she, she was giving me time and giving me some advice and, you know, we were sharing gifts and I was sending presents for her cats, you know, laser toys for her cats. You know, we, we got to those terms. So how do you get to those terms with Dory Clark? Right. Right. Um, and so it's, it's, it's the fact that as you go through the journey, you put in effort, you start to find success. And then you realize that actually, you know, I have through effort, I have made it the right journey. Through effort, I have found success. This journey, any journey that you start, you have no guarantee that this is the right journey. But through effort, by not giving up, by staying focused, by being curious, by being interested, I am able to achieve this. I'm able to find success. I'm able to get results. I'm able to get to where I want. I'm able to, you know, find answers to the questions I'm looking for. So we're talking about the bigger picture here, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I, it's I think it's, effort. I think it's really exactly. That's, that's, it's, a, it's, it's really very, very parallel to the startup entrepreneur, you know, even the scalable, you know, the scalable person who looks to go the Silicon Valley, I'm going to raise a ton of money and be the next billion dollar company or hundred million, 10 million, you know, th that's their trajectory. They go on this journey and they're failing often and that sort of stuff. And I, I really like what you said is, is through effort, you know you're on the right journey, right? I really do like that. And I, I've seen that. I've seen the startup founders that are chasing the money. They're, they're like, I need to have a big company so I have lots of money. And that's it. No, they don't get invested. They don't, it's not authentic enough. But that person then who we say, you know, fall in love with the problem that you're trying to solve. When I see that passion or investors see that passion and they, they're going to get through adversity. Those are people that the investors are more interested in investing in. It's uh, it, I should say some investors are more interested if that's their profile. There's, there's institutional investors that they could care less. They just want yeah. what, what was last month's sales and it's very mechanical. But for most people, it's, the, it's exactly what you said. Through effort, you're on the right journey. So that's, uh, that's good words of wisdom. In fact, I think I'll write that in my mental models uh, book that I collect those ideas. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll just share a quote on this. And, and um, this, this is something I, I believe in. So this is not like a quote you, you, you know, I read off a book and, or, or some Instagram post and I'm reading it out. It's just genuinely something I believe in. It's the fact that success is a side effect of effort. Success is a side effect of effort. Yes. Effort is the main goal. Your, your main goal should be effort. 
Yeah, I agree with that. uh, The previous uh, guest that just released today, uh, he he calls it, uh, you know, life's a struggle. So at least at least make sure it's a meaningful struggle. Mm. Right. Right. So so if your efforts in a meaningful struggle, then that's that's a a life worth living. So very similar philosophies, just different approaches to it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, yeah, so we've we talked about don't change, be curious, and be authentic. How, how does somebody be curious? What, what does that mean, right? Good question. So curiosity is, I, you know, I, I, if I was to just put it in a very simple word, it's just the love of learning, love of finding new things out, love of, you know, whether that's people, whether that is about, you know, the, the let's say you, you want to know how you can uh, raise finances for your startup um, or anything else in life. I think curiosity is, is, comes from a love of learning. So if we apply it to, to networking, then curiosity is about the love of learning about other people. And so when you come from that approach, when you take that approach, when you have that perspective, I just want to, you know, learn about other people, what makes them take, what makes them interesting, what makes them excited, because each and every single one of us, this is something I talk about in my book again, is the fact that each and every single one of us is a collection of dreams and hopes and emotions and feelings and heartbreaks and heartaches and, and loss and, and gain. Right? Absolutely. But you really need to connect with the person behind the appearance, behind the words, right? What's, what's in front of you is just like a tip of the iceberg. You really want to reach out to the person that is behind the appearance, behind the initial conversation that you're having. And that's where you start to really build the deep connection, the deep relationship. Yeah, exactly. I, I fully subscribe to that. It, it, it's a lot of um, you know, curiosity has to be there. To, to build that network and to build those authentic relationships. Um, have, you, have you come across, is there any situation where people just don't have that gene, that they're missing the curiosity? You know, we, it, it's, a, it's a requirement, right, for, for being networking. So does that mean there's some people that they don't have curiosity and they're, so they're not capable of networking or is it just? I believe that curiosity exists in all of us. I think as if you look at children, they're curious about everything. So when we were children, we would just be curious about everything. You know, how does this work and how does that work? And, you know, why is this here? And, you know, you're just exploring, you're just you know, playing with things. And through play, you, you're, you're, you're exploring your curiosity, but you're also exploring the world um, and you're learning about it. And so what happens is I believe that over time, people start to develop certain sort of paradigms, you know, certain stories about like, I am not good at this, or I can't do this. This is not a part of my identity. And this is something I, I really want to highlight for people that it, it has to be a part of your identity. And if it's not a part of your identity, no matter what advice somebody gives you, no matter how many podcast interviews like this you listen to, no, many, no matter how many books you read, it will not work for you because when it comes to building relationships with people, like we talk about, you have to be genuine and authentic, right? So networking only you will find success in if you are being genuine and authentic, but also the fact that you, you really need to make sure that, you know, you're, you're, you have that as a part of your identity, okay? 
I, I am somebody who has a love of learning about other people. I'm somebody who has the curiosity to find out about other people. Okay, be interested in them. I think that's very, very important. It has to, you have to try and make it a part of your identity because no matter what other formula or advice or strategies we can talk about, it just wouldn't work for you because you will look at it and you're just like, well, yeah, I tried it, wasn't good enough. I'm just, yeah, whatever, I'm gonna move on. Yeah, and, that, yeah, yeah, I get that. It's, 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 but it, but there's a, so, but it does suggest that then there's, if, if people are not having success with networking, it's really then their, their pair, you know, their mental models, their paradigms, what they've, what they've believed that like they can't do it. Right. That's really what you're saying. Right. And that they're unwilling to be uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I think for a lot of people, um, and I'll share something with you in a bit. I'll share something interesting with you in a bit. I'll, I'll just finish this thought. And it's the fact that for a lot of people, um, it, it has to, you know, kind of come from a, an authentic place within themselves first. And that's their identity, right? That's what I was referring to. Um, right. It has to be that curiosity from within, that, that love of finding out about other people, building relationships um, and, and helping other people. That has to be like at, 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 at the core, because if it's if the dialogue inside is not good, it's going to reflect on the outside world. People will know that you are not being genuine. Even if you try, even if you try all the strategies in the world, it just wouldn't work because they can tell that you're just putting it on. Okay, we talked about the intuition study we, we found from the University of New South Wales that I quote in my book, right? That's all a part of it. But the other thing we did was uh, very recently, one of my friends, um, Rachel Randolph, you know, I'll, I'll give it a shout out to her because she organized a survey on LinkedIn. And she said, like, what is your biggest issue with networking? What stops you? You know, what is we, we listed a few things down. So we talk about things like social anxiety. I talk about we, by the way, I'm so sorry. It's all Rachel's. I shouldn't say we, it's all Rachel. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Rachel, if you're listening, I, I apologize. <laughs> okay. I'll, make, I'll, make, I'll, make sure to, I'll make sure to tweet her so she can, uh, she can, she can give you a, a poke. <laughs> but no, all in good fun. I know. I yeah, know yeah. I, I say we, I apologize. It was all Rachel. Rachel did this already. The, you're, you're British. It's the royal we. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the royal we. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, Rachel did the survey and she listed a few things. She said, um, you know, how many people are, are having issues with social anxiety? How many people are having issues with, uh, you know, maintaining the relationship? How many people are having, uh, you know, issues with um, burnout? How many people are having issues with not knowing how to get in front of people? And, Philip, can you guess? what the results were. Oh boy. Oh, you're kind of put me on the spot. Social anxiety, having trouble maintaining relationships, burnout, and not connecting with people. In COVID world, man, uh, 60%. Like, 60% what? That, that have one of those things. One of those things, awesome. Okay, so uh, let me give you a little bit of a breakdown. The, the, the one thing that we thought was going to be um, really big was that, uh, you know, getting in front of people. How do you get in front of people? How do you actually talk to them? You know, the initial starting stage. And actually, after the survey, only 10% of the people said that it was, that was their problem. Okay. Right? 90% of the people either have burnout, social anxiety, or they didn't know how to maintain a relationship.
So, oh, see, I got it. I didn't understand the question. So I had to add it up to 100%. And I guessed, I guessed a funny number. So, yeah. So 10% social anxiety and then maybe a a third, a third, a third for the other things. Is that it? Roughly, yeah. So I think there was about uh, 63% of the people who said they had either issues with either social anxiety or maintaining a relationship. So about two thirds of the people have, you know, genuine um, issues with either maintaining the relationship or they have social anxiety. And so when we looked at the, the results, because Rachel, you know, did down on LinkedIn, we were talking about, it's actually, you know, in my book, it's actually quoted in my book, uh, the survey. And so when you look at the results, we know that two thirds of the people do not have the problem of, I don't know how to get in front of people. That, that's not the, the, the biggest issue. Only 10% have that problem. Right. Uh, two thirds of the people really have the other two issues, either social anxiety or they're maintaining a relationship. And then about a third of the people, you know, they have the issue, which is um, burnout. They, 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 doing that they're trying to do networking it's just not working for them because they're too busy doing you know 79 other things right so at the moment rachel is actually putting together something which is to help people upskill them like actually teach them how to overcome their social anxiety and how to maintain the relationships over time and there's quite a lot of advice i share actually in my book on that as well um, but we found that those are the two big key issues that people face. And, you know, in the startup world, for example, if somebody, you, you mentioned, you know, somebody's quite technical and, and they, they, they maybe don't consider themselves a people person, I wonder how many of them actually slot into one of those two. Yeah, the, either the, it'd be curious, it'd be wonder if it is, it, you know, maybe we can find enough entrepreneurs to answer that question, but, you know, do they fear talking to people and have anxiety about it or do they not maintain the relationships my my like hypothesis or guess would be they don't maintain the relationships because they get back to working in the problem inside the company and i I see that in companies Mm. and start where they they have they build a great team right and a great camaraderie and great connecting and networking within the company but they forget to network outside the company. And I, you know, maybe we can talk about that is, is I, you know, networking is a great skill, but there's many different groups, right? There's networking with the investor. There's networking with the employees, your staff, your group. There's networking with your business partners. You know, and maybe you're using a distributor or selling through somebody else. There's, with your customers, networking with your customers and those sorts of things. Uh, did I get investors in there? Uh, you know, yeah, so, yeah, you did. You oh, did. Good. Yeah. Those are just some of the constituents. And then, and then we're not, even if you're in a regulated industry, you should be networking with the, the regulators and the bureaucrats and the politicians because that's the industry in. And so, or the industry groups, people really do a very, you know, don't for, forget that we're a business is a sort of in this ocean of, of relationships and figuring out what relationships you have and how to manage them and who should be, it, it's a critical skill that we just don't spend time on. So how, you know, where, you know, for the startup, uh, you know, how do they, uh, they're, they're pressured to do everything. You know, they're mm. trying to build a product. They're trying to find investors. They're trying to find customers. 
So is there any tips that your tricks or anything to, you know, maximize their efforts, right? So that they don't get burned out from, from mm. networking. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, Philip, I think it'll be really interesting if somebody actually organizes a survey like that just for, um, you know, high tech startup founders, because that survey on LinkedIn, that was obviously, you know, everybody on LinkedIn could participate, you know, so the people are coming from many different uh, demographics, but it'll be really interesting to actually for somebody to do that survey for startup owners and um, then, then, you know, th those results, I think, would be really interesting to, to kind of analyze and, and, and then talk about. Yeah, we should, um, we should connect and figure out how to do that. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> um, but the, the thing that you mentioned about some tips and tricks, um, I think one of the biggest misconceptions people have is, first of all, they need to connect with everybody. And so you don't need to connect with everybody. You just need to connect. You, you mean I don't need to go to the, to the convention or the, the networking meeting and grab everybody's LinkedIn and everybody's business card? No, oh, no, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. No, you, you really don't. That's a big misconception people have. Um, you need to connect with few key people, few key people. And so um, one of the exercises that I have in my book is to make sure that you're, you're networking purposefully and intentionally rather than having a shotgun approach and just trying to capture as many people as possible. Um, what you want to do is you want to take a sniper approach and you want to hit few key bullseyes. And that's much more effective than just trying to, you know, capture as many people as possible. So the exercise is very simple. The exercise, you know, basically says, write down your top three challenges and also your top three goals. What are they? Right? So if, if anybody's listening right now, any startup founders, they can do that. They can write down top three challenges, top three goals. Got it. And then what we do is we actually put together a profile of an ideal person that can help you overcome each of those challenges and each one of those goals. And sometimes they overlap. Like and one person might be able to help you with you know, multiple things and that is okay. That's, you know, that's absolutely right. fine. But we answer questions like when, when we're creating a profile of that ideal person, we answer questions like, you know, what kind of experience do they need to have? What kind of resources do they need, need to have access to? What kind of knowledge do they need to possess? And by when do you need their help? How right. they should be able to help you? In what manner? In what medium? In what way? So there's a whole list of questions. And I have all, all that in my book. But, you know, we, we try to create this ideal profile. And then you are ready to go and start your networking. Because now it's intentional and it's purposeful. And more importantly, you know exactly which person will be able to help you with each one of your top three challenges and your top three goals. Yeah, that's really sage advice. It's, uh, I do see a lot of people shotgun. I know I've been guilty of that in the past. I want to, but I get, I'm, I'm, uh, I tend to be very interested in people and want to know about them. And I get locked into a few conversations, but it's not purposeful as to the challenges. So that's a really uh, great insight for people. And I love the idea of having a ton of questions to help guide people through. I'm a, a firm believer that questions are more powerful than answers. And so Talal has taken the time for you guys to shorten your journey, get his book, take a look at it. It'll change the way you think about networking. So appreciate it. So is there anything else you'd like to say to the audience about networking? Otherwise, I've got a wrap-up question for us. Oh, sure. Uh, I can share a couple of very quick thoughts with the audience, if that's okay with you, Philip. Yeah, absolutely. 
Fantastic. So first of all, you know, I, I think when people ask, well, when should I start networking? That's a question, you know, you, I get asked quite often. I think among maybe the startup uh, community as well, that's a question. When should I start networking? When is a good time to start networking? And I think it's a little bit like asking, when should I start dieting? <laughs> right? Okay. Um, the, the truth that we all know is the fact prevention is better than the cure. You shouldn't get into a really bad situation, get stuck and just be like, oh, now I need to start networking. Now I need a solution. So I need to you know, reach out to people. Um, I believe you need to have a healthy network around you. And so that's kind of like dieting. You know, you need, if you ha- live a healthy lifestyle, if you eat good food and you live a healthy lifestyle, you exercise regularly, et cetera. Um, you know, you, you, you don't, when you get into a tight spot, you're actually able to handle yourself pretty well. You know, it's okay. You're right. But if you don't do all those things and then you have a health issue, then yes, that, that's, that's going to be bad, <laughs> right? So it's yeah. never like a, a time point in time on a timeline where you say now is the good time to start networking. It's something that's just like an ongoing thing over a period of time because it takes time to build your network. It's not something, you know, overnight you become friends with everybody. It takes time, takes investment. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I like the, the dieting analogy. I, I always found that funny. You know, we're going to start dieting. Uh, isn't diet what you choose to eat? You've always chosen <laughs> to eat stuff anyway. You're just, yeah. you've suddenly decided to start changing what you eat, right? That, yeah. That's a, and well, you don't change it for a little while and then stop dieting, right? You, mm. you completely change your diet. So if you're going to network, you, you might adjust the way you do networking and be more purposeful, but you don't suddenly stop doing it, right? Mm. That doesn't make sense. You wouldn't be authentic. <laughs> that would be no. crazy. So here's the turbocharged takeaway for everybody. And the turbocharged takeaway is this. Networking, like healthy eating, is a lifestyle. So how about that perspective? Think about it like that. Networking is a lifestyle. You build relationships, you have friends, and you, you work on maintaining those relationships and deepening those relationships as a lifestyle. Yeah, I like that. Networking is a lifestyle. And I definitely agree that inquisitive is lifestyle. So it's been an absolute pleasure, Talal. And uh, it'll be the start of our own relationship in other ways. So I appreciate that. Uh, for all of you listening, uh, please take care. Looking for his his book. And it's called, you want to give out the shout out to the name of the book. And I, it'll be in the show notes. It'll be turbochargednetworking.com. I'll have it in the show notes and his contact information as well. If you've enjoyed the show, please give a five-star review. It's been a pleasure, Talal. Thank you very much. Thank you, Philip, for having me on. And uh, I I wish everybody who's been on the show all the best with their journey. Um, And if anybody wants to reach out, um, I'd I'd love to share a quick gift where, uh, you know, I'll I'll share a link and and they can can actually book a, a call directly with me. Perfect. Wonderful. Um, with that, I'm Philip Topham, the savvy founder, wishing you a bright and profitable future in both your personal and business lives. Take care. Cheers for now. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and check out our website for tips, thesavvyfounder.com. You can also follow Philip on Clubhouse at The Savvy Founder, wishing you a profitable and bright future. Safe journeys. See you next week.